How's everybody tonight? Good, good, good. I like what uh, uh, Pastor Doug said there uh, about people being healed tonight, not a year from now. And uh, some people, you know, they, they've, been, they've been standing, they've been waiting, they've been doing things for a long time. But why don't we just end that tonight? Say, well, is that really up to us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's not just up to God because he doesn't take him a year to do anything. You know what I'm talking about? Unless it's a part of his plan, but healing was part of his plan, finished, set, finished and done 2,000 years ago. Yeah, so none of us are waiting on God to come around and finish the thing, right? So why don't we decide, today's my day. This right here is my day to get it, to get it all. Praise God. Praise God. And then when you decide, you'll find out God was ready the whole time. <laughs> he was ready for a little, he was waiting on a little boldness for someone to just grab hold of what he said and, and, uh, and take it. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, uh, it's a healing night, so we're glad you all, you're, all, you're all here. And uh, if this is all new to you, that's really cool. You know, we do... Uh, all the Wednesdays, except for the first Wednesday of the month, we call, them, we call them believers meetings. They're designed for believers. This service is not designed for believers. It's designed for anybody. Meaning, I don't care if you, you believe anything. <laughs> I'm going to give you something to believe and, and, and help you. But if you've never trusted God for, for a day in your life for anything, you've never seen an answer to prayer, you've never seen a healing, never seen a miracle, you came to the right service. Because your life, not only is your body, if that's what you'd have need of, your body going to be changed, but your whole uh, future is going to be changed. Because you'll have to deal with it. <laughs> you'll have to deal with the reality of God. And it's a good dealing. So, praise God. If you do uh, have a Bible, you can get it out. Um, and uh, well, I can tell you where to go, but... I'm actually going to put the scriptures on the screen tonight, so you can follow along. You might want to highlight things, but or you can look on the screen. If you're new, you probably, you know, I don't know if new people come with Bibles. <laughs> Maybe if you're a, you know, experienced Bibler, you're, a, you're, you have a, you know how to be a Christian. And carry Bible, then you, maybe you would, but generally, if you're not used to going to church, you probably don't carry your Bible around either, right? Might try it sometimes, just see what your friends will think. <laughs> just carry your Bible around. <laughs> sometimes it starts really good conversations. I remember Amy and I were on our honeymoon, and uh, we were going from the, what, the airport to the, to the car rental place or something like that. This is a few years ago. And, uh, and, and I would commonly have something in my hand. I had not have my Bible back then. So you didn't have... Now, I, probably, I wouldn't. It's on the phone. It's everywhere. <laughs> uh, but then you didn't have phones, and, except they're on the wall, you know, <laughs> tethered to the wall. And <laughs> if you were blessed, you had a long cable, <laughs> long cord, you know, that little twisty thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
anyway, so we're on that little shuttle van, and, and there's this other couple there, and he sees my Bible, and so he strikes up a conversation. And, and uh, come to find out, you know, it is Hawaii, and we're all the same age-ish, and come to find out this couple's on their honeymoon too. And I was a youth pastor, and come to find out, so is he. And this was towards the end of our, our deal, because we went to multiple islands. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so we said, hey, where, you know, where are you guys staying? And it's all on Waikiki there, that last part. And uh, you're staying over here. Well, let's get together for dinner. And then we did. We got together, and we went snorkeling in the Honouma. And, uh, and then we, and we hung out with a little bit. And we've been, stay, we've been connected for 27 years. Amen. And about two years ago, they came by. They're from New York, by the way. They lived in New York. And, and then they lived in Florida, and then they lived back in New York. Now they live in California. But they were a long ways away, but they were driving through. Driving through Idaho <laughs> when you live in New York. They stopped by here. We have pictures of us out front. And uh, we all had grown-up kids and everything. And all that from carrying my Bible. <laughs> so you might want to carry your Bible around. <laughs> See what happens. I don't do it anymore either, but not a bad idea. Praise God. Let's talk about healing. <laughs> healing. He is the healer. How many know God is the source of healing? What we do here today, we recognize that it comes from Him. He's the source. We're not the source. We're a vessel that, that, that He uses. Um, I'm here today. My goal is just to help you make the connection. All right. Uh, if you're the recipient of healing and he is the source of healing, then we just got to get you guys together. Because <laughs> you in, pro in the right proximity and connection with the healer, the father, the creator, uh, our good, good God, well, then there's no other result that's going to take place but divine healing in your body. Right? So our job is to mediate, if you will, or be the intermediary, basically to put the relationship together. I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with God, but if ever we're not experiencing our prayers answered and seeing miracles and things, uh, needs met and so forth in our life, the only problem is, is we're missing the connection. God's will hasn't changed. His love hasn't changed. You know, have we changed? We may or may not have changed, but it's just a matter of the connection that's not being made. And so that just needs to be, in, uh, you know, reestablished or strengthened. Something needs to happen there so we can uh, be lined up. It's kind of like the old telephone. You know, I was mentioning the old cords, uh, but the old telephone operators, you go back, go back far enough before my time, but when Amy was young. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, when people would dial zero. And, uh, and then maybe you've seen the old movies, you know, when they had, they had the, the switcher there, the operator, and they'd plug in the different cords to, uh, to connect you with different people. I'd like to talk to uh, Doug Helton. Okay, we'll plug you in, and then it'd ring his phone. And, and, and in one sense, we're making those connections here. Uh, you're, you're calling on the name of the Lord, and we're, we're helping you with that connection. But God wants us to have that divine connection simply because He wants us to be healed. Right. He wants us to enjoy His mighty power. Uh, but you think about Him being the source, sometimes we might confuse that a little bit. It's, it's like uh, the, the wall sockets in our house, you plug your appliances in, you plug your television in, and so forth. How many know that power doesn't really come from the wall? 
That power just comes through the wall, through that socket, and it, goes, it comes from the power company or the generator, but the power comes from somewhere else, and it's just facilitated through that socket, okay? Uh, in, in, in like manner, the power of God uh, uh, doesn't come from us, but it, just, it does come through people. It does come through His, his people, and... Uh, you know, because God wants people to be healed, he wants them to experience his mighty power. Uh, he facilitates that by, by using other people. Because the power company wants you to have electricity in your home, the electrician is going to come try to help make that happen by putting in the right infrastructure and so forth, make sure that there's, a, there's a flow of that current to help you with your needs, okay? But the power company, they remain the same. <laughs> uh, they want to sell you power. God, the, the power source of all healing, he remains the same. He wants us to have his power as well. Now, th- this power that, uh, that I speak of, and by the way, that's what my subject, my teaching tonight is connecting with the power, all right? Connecting with the power. And, and it's, it's something that's very real. It should be very real to us, uh, but we see through the Word of God through, through Jesus as the primary example that he was very conscious of this invisible force. He was very conscious of this power. In fact, that one day, if, if you read over in, in uh, Mark chapter 5, and you, you might know the story of that woman who had that condition, the, uh, the, the condition of blood for 12 years and, and how she pushed her way through the crowd and then, and then touched Jesus' clothes. And when, 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 he, when she did that, power went into her. And, and not only was she made whole, uh, but Jesus said there, it's, it's Mark 5.30, it says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Jesus was not paying attention to her. He's probably walking this way. She's coming up from behind. She grabs her healing right? She touches his clothes, and, and Jesus says, power just went out of me. He knew within himself that power went out. Did he see it? No. Did he feel it? Possibly, but Scripture says he knew it. He perceived it. There was this mighty power that went out of him, and so it is a very real event, and one way to receive healing, of course, is through the physical touch of faith. The physical touch, her in that case, touching his clothes, in many other cases, the laying on of hands, but the physical touch of faith um, facilitates the power of God being transferred through us, the sockets, uh, into people. And when that happens, sickness leaves. Her condition of 12 years, think about it. 12 years, 12 years with a very annoying problem, right? 12 years, and just like that, it's changed. Just like that, it's changed. What happened? She came in contact through, through a faith touch. She came in contact with the power of God. But that power was something Jesus needed, something he had, and something he could give away. And something others could even, you could see this, they could draw it out of him even when he wasn't looking. They could sneak one. (laughs) If you have faith, there's nothing stopping you from getting what God has for you. 
If you have faith in God, you will not be denied. And, and she did, and that, that happened. And then Paul, he used this uh, language in his ministry in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. He said, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Everybody say power. power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So think about, now, Paul, great apostle of God, preaching the word, he said, my preaching was done, if I shorten it, with a demonstration of God's power. A demonstration of what? Power. Power. Demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's how he preached, okay? And the Lord has never sent anyone out to preach without giving them power. The Lord would never send someone out to preach without giving them the spiritual God-level equipment to carry out the task on a level uh, that, that, that he would operate in. Otherwise, we just carry a natural message. You can go to a whole bunch of TED Talks. You can go through a training seminar here and learn this skill over here. And, and I'm not saying any of it's bad, but it doesn't contain power. Okay, when you represent God Almighty and we stand in his place, even as I, uh, you know, with great honor to him and great privilege, what, what a blessing to stand in, in his place, I do so in power. He wouldn't send me to do something just with what I can give you. Because then why come? Because I'm not the source of healing. But if I'm connected to something, something's flowing through me. Well, then what a, what a blessing that is. And Paul said, this is the way I preach, demonstration of power. He said, he said, this is a reason. He said, so that your faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Shouldn't we have that same goal? That we don't leave our church or any church or any meeting just being impressed with the preacher. Wow, they are so wise. Wow, they just silver-tongued, and they just say, uh, we, we ought to have, I mean, we have honor and respect for one another, but that's not where our faith is. Our faith does not end up in being in an individual, and they're so smart, they're so good, but we say, God's power is real. God's power is powerful. It is able to correct all problems in my life. And he said, so I preach this way, so that when you leave the meeting, me elaborating on Paul's saying here, you meet, leave the meeting, you have faith in God's power. Notice, notice something here, just a side note. Not just faith in God, faith in God's power. Faith in God is good, but that's sometimes too generic. I believe in God. What? That he exists? Okay, you're in kindergarten. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's a great belief, but it's not like deep. I mean, you're kind of born with that. You have to study really hard to unbelieve that. You have to have some experts to talk you out of that, right? <laughs> but let's move on. And this is one way, is have faith. What do, what do you believe? I believe in God's power. I believe in this mighty power of God. Here's what he said uh, just a couple chapters later. It's 1 Corinthians 4, 19 and 20. He said, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, 
And I, and I will know, not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. In other words, some people were speaking against him and saying, yeah, yeah, you know, putting him down. He said, I'll find out what they got. I'll find out what they have. I'll find out what kind of powers they have. He said, uh, well, let, let me just tell you, let, let me tell you, how, I wasn't going to do this, but I will since I put it here. Uh, the Taylor translation reads, I'll find out whether these proud men are just big talkers or whether they really have God's power. He's like a showdown because these people have been criticizing him. He wrote a letter. He said, we'll see. I'm coming. I'm coming. We'll see what they've got. That's an interesting test of a minister. <laughs> the, the Knox translation reads, and then I will test not the fine words of those who hold me in contempt, but the powers they can show. Wow. Verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. That's a strong statement. The kingdom of God, what? It's not in word? I mean, we could talk about good words all day long. We could talk about the power of words. He, he, he drew a contrast here between people who just had words, who were just all talk, and the power of God. This is how we know we are in something that is of God. If we're involved in his kingdom, then we experience power. The power of God is a normal part of a Christian's life. Amen. As a side note to that, the word Christ means the anointed one. When you say Jesus Christ, you don't refer to Jesus' last name. He didn't have, he wasn't, it wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ, their son Jesus Christ. No, Christ referred to his calling, his, him being the Messiah, literally the anointed one. So it refers to the power of God that's on his life. Okay. Now what happened later is they started calling his followers Christians. And we still use that today. We say, after we accept the Lord, we say, I'm a Christian. Well, if that's what it meant to them, if that's what the word actually meant, it referred to the power of God that was on Jesus, the anointed Jesus, right? Then what would that refer to us? What would that say about us? If you're a, a Christian, then you are one with God's power on you. See, sometimes we make a mistake by only describing the life of the Christian as one with, with high moral character. We have love. We have kindness. I don't take any, we don't take anything away from that at all. We could talk about how they'll know, you know we, who we are because of our love, but this is another element. You put these two things together. Not only do we have the love of God and have godly character, but we walk in something that's way beyond human, <laughs> way beyond natural reasoning and human wisdom. They have the power of God on them. This is why we've had testimonies uh, of people who have walked into our building, some who have come onto our parking lot, and they said, I got healed when I drove in. So my body was changed when I drove in. How the world do you pull that off? I mean, you can't fake it. <laughs> you can't make it up. When someone tells you that, you think, wow, what's happening here? Well, it's called Christians come here a lot. A bunch of people who one of their primary characteristics in God is they have power on them. This is the power that Jesus had, and, 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 and uh, it's the power that, that, that Paul had in, in Acts chapter uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said this, 
And this is about, this is to all, well, there's 120 there, but it, it, then it was spread to all believers. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive what? Power. Sometimes we just think you shall receive tongues when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive goosebumps. You shall receive peace. You shall get really happy when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, I don't have any problem with any of those things. I like it all. But that's not what he said. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What power? What what, what kind of power is he talking about? Well, it's the same power that flowed out of Jesus. It's the same power that Paul said, when I came to you preaching, I came in the demonstration of power. All right, that's the, in fact, it's the same. If you're wondering, is it the same word in the Greek? It's the exact same word in the Greek as it is in, uh, uh, as it is translated in, in English. But this, uh, if you know, it's the word, it's the Greek word dunamis, okay? You, you, we would transliterate dynamite from that. He said, but when you Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're gonna get dynamite power, or we could say explosive power. The, the, the word in the, in the English Bible, it's actually translated several different ways. You'll see it power frequently, but it's also translated as miracles. He said, you shall receive miracles when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's translated as force, as ability, as mighty work. You'll see the word, see Jesus went and he did a mighty work. Amen. What word is that? dunamis. Jesus went and did powerful things. He did mighty works. He used the ability of God to carry out great things in the earth, and bodies were healed, and people's lives were changed, and it's the exact same thing. It's used over and over and over to describe Jesus and what he did, and we're so impressed with Jesus, and we ought to be. He was amazing, and great power flowed out of him. At times, whole multitudes were healed. Great miracle. Oh, it's amazing. Jesus did it. And then he said, that's coming on you. What's been flowing out of me, what went into that woman who grabbed my clothes, what went went into the multitudes when they would try to touch me, or when I would lay hands on people, that same virtue, that glorious power that flowed into their bodies, that's coming on you. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So if you're already a believer, I know most of you are, Uh, If you're a believer, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know what happened? You have the same thing on you that Jesus had on him. On him, in him, yeah. Miracle power. Say it out loud. I have in me the power of God. It's mighty power. It's miracle power. It is his ability working through my life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Healings are about almost getting easier. They're just getting easier and easier. Amen. What happened at one time when Jesus went to his hometown, um, they didn't have much respect for him there because they knew him. He grew up there and, hey, there's Jesus. We hear all these stories, but we don't, we don't believe it. And uh, he came to town and, and Matthew 13, 58, it reads, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Any, what, what kind of works? Dunamis. He didn't do much there. Why? Because he didn't have it? Because he, he lost the power? No, 
they shut it down with their unbelief. Okay, so Jesus uh, was limited in what he could do there. Basically, they saw Jesus. They saw him naturally. They saw, you know, what he looked like, and he just looks like every other dude. And, and, uh, and basically, they didn't believe that this guy, Jesus, we know his parents, we know his brothers, we don't believe that he could have God's power on him. We don't believe that he could really have this dunamis flowing through him. And the result of them doing that to Jesus was uh, not that uh, there were not many mighty works. Uh, it's, again, it's not because there was anything wrong with the power. The power of God inherently works. There are no days when the power of God does not work. It just automatically, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Its natural function is to drive out sickness and disease. The power of God drives out sickness and disease without having to be stirred up. (laughs) It drives out sickness and disease even if it overslept that day. (laughs) The the power of God doesn't need any other uh, attributes to it. It just inherently 100% of the time works. It is always superior to every other evil force. Anything that binds people, that holds them in a diseased condition or state, the power of God all the time is greater than that, okay? So uh, this being the case, we know God doesn't have to work up a sweat to heal your, your situation. The power naturally does it. It just works. It's the super pill, it's, it's the cure for everything. It just, from a little small problem, little bitty problem, to major mega problem that they say is going to kill you. Whatever the diagnosis, God's power is greater than that, and it automatically contains the ability to fix it. The more we talk like this, the, the less, I mean, the, the less we feel like we really matter. I mean, this is so powerful, I don't, I'm not sure I can mess it up. You know what I'm talking about? All we just need to do is let the power flow. And so, um, because of that, I never want to, I never want to worship a diagnosis. I never want, I, I want to worship God. I never want to give any respect to a disease, a sickness. I don't want to honor the devil at all by fearing a condition, by fearing, by letting my mind entertain my life's got, I'm going to die, or I'm going to live with a disability, or I'll never do this again, or I'll never do that again. I'm not going to, that's, that's honoring the disease, which is honoring the source, the father of sickness and disease, which is Satan. I want to worship God and Him alone. And when I know Him and His mighty power, I kind of don't have a choice. I'm not going to disrespect His power by being afraid of a sickness or losing sleep over, over a diagnosis. I worship the Lord. Well, I'm just afraid. Quit it! I mean that in love. Knock it off. Stop respecting the devil. 
Worship the Lord and say, you are greater. Your power is sufficient. 1 John 4, 4 reads, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Say it out loud. My God is greater. My God is stronger. My God is higher. He's in me. He's sufficient. My God is enough. Before that woman came up to Jesus in the crowd that day and touched his clothes, uh, right before that, uh, there was a guy, uh, Jairus, ruler of the synagogue. He came to him, and, and he, he said, my daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And so Jesus was going going to Jairus' house when that woman came up. So he's on his way to do some healing. On the way, someone else gets healed, deals with that situation. There are just multiple things happening here. But uh, before Jesus got there, another, so I mean, it must have been a little distance, someone came and said, you know, leave him alone. Your daughter died. She's already dead. And, and Jesus gave a response to that, which is, which is very powerful uh, because he said, this is Mark five thirty six. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Everybody say, only, only. Believe. believe. I want you to notice that Jesus didn't give Jairus a list of things to do. He didn't say, now, Jay, uh, Let's run through the Ten Commandments, see how you're doing. I mean, because your daughter's in a serious plight here. You've got to make sure you've got all your ducks in a row. And, uh, and so let's at least go through the ten. And then we'll talk about some other... No, no. He didn't give him a list of things to do. He, 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 he didn't give him a series of sins that he should repent of or, or problems that he needed to correct. He simply said... Jairus, just believe. Just believe. This one's not complicated. You don't have a bunch of stuff to think about right now. You don't have a bunch of other things you got to get right. What happens when, people, things, when negative things happen sometimes? People start asking, what did I do? What did I do to cause this? And where did I miss it? Why, why is this happening? They start analyzing all these things. Friend of ours who's a pastor, last year, he, uh, he actually had, he got that thing, that was a bug that was going around, and, uh, and he went to the hospital, and he had some other things, like a, you remember what he had, like a, a stroke, or a, anyway, some, he was a big problem, he actually, he said he was, he was in the hospital, he told me he was on the floor in the bathroom for six hours, they forgot about him. <laughs> Anyway, he went through a bunch of stuff, and, and, uh, and he said, but in the middle of his, this event, he, he died multiple times. He told me, I went to heaven, what did he say, two or three times? He didn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> I'm wanting to make sure the story's right. If I'm the only one who knows it, of course it's right. <laughs> 
But he, he went to heaven multiple times. And of course, I'm interested in that, and especially when it's someone you are personal friends with and you know, you know they're the real deal. <laughs> and, uh, and, and anyway, he said one of the times, he's, he's going, he's in heaven and going to the throne of God. And he's uh, pondering. He says, I'm thinking while I'm doing this, you know, like, why am I here? He asks, he's getting ready to ask, or he asks the Father, something like that. Basically, what did I do wrong to have gotten this and this happened to me? And it was very interesting how the Father said to him, we don't talk like that here. Just shortened to the point. Wasn't going to talk about anything he did wrong. He's just in the middle of love and acceptance. And, and, uh, and I think, how many times do we want to talk about that? <laughs> we want to bring it up. We want to disqualify ourselves a thousand ways to sundown. <laughs> Is that how that saying goes? We want to think, well, I got 12 things I got to work on. Sometimes people come up and do our healing lines, and they're thinking, oh, am I going to fall or am I going to stand? Am I, am I going to speak in tongues? Am I going to say, thank you, Jesus, 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 Jesus? How do I stand? Do I stand like this? Do I stand like this? Do I stand like this? You know, is there someone behind me? Forget everything. I don't mean you disqualify yourself if you think some of those thoughts. None of that matters. Just one thing. We just have one thing to focus on. Just believe. The Lord has made this really, really easy. This is really easy. I mean, have, has, anyone, has anyone played golf? And, and you've got five things wrong with your golf swing? And you're trying to fix them all mid-swing? Shift my weight, hold my arm straight, don't mess up my wrist. Okay, oh, I'm, sh I'm, I'm leaning. Okay, come back through, turn, keep the golf club high. Oh, <laughs> that ball's going into the, into the weeds. <laughs> Why? You're not able to do that. You're not able to think about a whole bunch of things at once and pull it off. If that's true in golf, I tell you, the Lord knows how we are. We've got to be single-minded. So he just gave us one thing to do. You mean I should forget about all the bad things I did? Yep. Because they're irrelevant to God's power flowing to you. Jesus didn't say, J. Iris, how you been living, buddy? How's your prayer life, man? Let's check your tithing record. What about your daughter? She been bad? That's why she died. <laughs> he didn't bring up anything like that. Just one thing. Because the power inherently works. And it's inherently enough. It is sufficient. So we just have to do one thing. Believe in it. Yeah. So how do I do that? You just do. You can say it. That'll help. You can say, I believe in the power of God. Amen. Let's say it. Say, I believe, I believe in, God's power in God's power to heal me today. Heal me today. Say it again. Say, I believe, I believe in, God's power in God's power 
to heal me today. Close your eyes and say, I believe in God's power. It's enough to heal me today. Now, 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 as we say it again, see it in, in, the, in the eyes of your imagination, the power of God. Think it. Th- think about it. See it. It's sufficient. So I don't know what it looks like. You don't have to. Say it again. Say, I believe, I believe. In, God's power. in God's power. It's sufficient, it's sufficient. to heal me, today. heal me today. Amen. Now say this. Now this is especially for those who want hands laid on them, uh, but anyone else can say it. Say, when hands are laid on me, say it again, when hands are laid on me, God's power will flow into my body, making me perfectly well. Say it again, when hands are laid on me, God's power will flow into me, making me perfectly well. Say it again, when hands are laid on me, God's power will flow into me and make me perfectly well. Say anything else? Nothing else. Nothing else. We'll just follow the words of Jesus and only believe. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand up.